0: You're listening to Season 1, Episode 17. We're calling this one The Second Half Begins and it is just around the corner. But the first half of the Major League Baseball season, the the defining line, the the marker if you will, is the All-Star Game. This year it was out in LA. The Cubs had two players out there and WGN had a sports anchor out there. His name is Josh Friedman and he visited with us about the Cubs in the first half and what he's looking to see out of the Cubs in the second half and all things all-star game in LA next up on fly the W I'm here with Josh Friedman from WGN sports how you doing Josh
1: I'm good buddy thanks for having me
0: hey how exciting you're at the airport in LA you (laughs) just got to see the all-star game and the home run derby that had to have been all sorts of excitement
1: yeah, coming to you live from LAX, which is always fun. Uh, I actually had no trouble getting into the United Tournament. Also, just waiting for my uh, my flight in a couple hours. So yeah, it's uh, it's a great experience. You know, this is my first All Star baseball game that I got to cover, and to uh, come out to L.A. Dodger Stadium, which had not hosted in 42 years, which is pretty crazy when you think about the history of Dodger Stadium and uh, the third oldest ballpark in baseball behind Wrigley and Fenway. Um, I will say that as beautiful as the picturesque. Backdrop is at Dodger Stadium. The uh, ballpark itself, probably not equipped to host an event like this. They have two elevators, and um, it was jam-packed. We were like sardines trying to get through, you know, because we're up in the the left field auxiliary box. The majority of the press is up there. Um, You know, the the writers for the major papers are are in the regular press box. So that was my only critique of the two days that I was at Dodger Stadium. But – Otherwise, it was a really fun event. Um, the red carpet was cool on Tuesday, watching all the athletes and their play and their families um, get dressed up to the nines and kind of talk about fashion a little bit and have some fun. And that's what it really is about, just an exhibition to, uh, to honor the game's greats and uh, have a good time as well.
0: Yeah, I was shocked like you about the fact that uh, L.A. had not hosted for so long. And that brings us to another area. Wrigley Field hasn't hosted since 1990. And yeah. I, I know, obviously, the pandemic threw things off and other things, but it's about time that Wrigley Field, with all the renovations and everything that they've done, when do you see Wrigley potentially hosting an all-star game?
1: I think so. I think we're probably going to see it before the end of the decade. And uh, I know that seems like a long way away, but you know they announced the games years in advance. So I know next year is in Seattle. I believe the year after 2024 has A uh, location. I don't know exactly where it is, but I think they already have announced 2024. Um, But if not, yeah, Wrigley should be, you know, in the next three, four, five years, I would hope, because as you mentioned, you got to go back um, 32 years now to 1990, and since they have the renovations, um, you should be able to host an event like this. Obviously, having now hosted a World Series and many playoff series in the last six, seven years, you should be able to have an event of this caliber in one of your marquee markets, franchises, and ballparks at Wrigley Field. So I think it would be an awesome event. Um, I think having a home run derby there with fans lined up on Waveland and Sheffield like they were back in 98 for McGuire and Sosa, um, that would be awesome too. So yeah, I, I would really think um, Wrigley is ready. I think the the fan base and the Ricketts family is ready. That's why they poured money into the renovations to not only um, help with the fan experience and with the, the player experience too, but to host a marquee event like the All-Star Game.
0: Now, Josh, I, w- I was looking here. One of the first events that they have is the Futures game. And I got to scratch my head. I don't understand why they don't put that as the Sunday night game, you know, like kind of showcase the young stars. Um, but the Cubs did have PCA, Pico Armstrong, who's now, who started with Myrtle Beach, now in South Bend. He did have a double in the game, played some center field. You did a recent uh, interview with him. What are your thoughts on PCA and how does he look to you?
1: Yeah, and to answer your first question, Crawley, the game used to be on Sundays, but now the draft is basically it's the same week as the All-Star game. So the event schedule has changed since the pandemic. So now they have the draft on Sunday night for rounds one and two. They play out the rest of the draft Monday, Tuesday, so they push the Futures game up to Saturday. But you're right, it was weird because I flew in Saturday and the game was basically already going on at Dodger Stadium. And then Sunday there was nothing besides the draft at night. So um, I think Rob Manfred even mentioned it's cool to have all those events in the same week, but it's very tough for the teams and all their personnel to manage everything too. So they'll hopefully figure something out to change that in the future. But as far as PCA, yeah, a couple weeks ago, took a road trip to South Bend, got to uh, interview him, and uh, get to know him a little bit better. Really intriguing prospect for Cubs fans who don't know his backstory. He was the prime prospect acquired in the Javi Baez trade, which is coincidental that he grew up a Javi Baez fan. He's a Cubs fan, even though he's from Los Angeles. This is a homecoming for him to come play in the Futures game in L.A. Both his parents are Hollywood actors. His mom, Ashley Crowe, was actually the mom in the movie Little Big League. So got a little baseball connection there. But I asked PCA, I was like, did you ever want to be an actor? He's like, hell no. He had no interest doing the Hollywood thing because he would go on set. He would watch his parents' work schedules. And it's, it's crazy to be an actor, right? You know, the, the yacht hours and, and everything like that. So he never got the acting bug, but grew up playing sports, baseball, since he was a little kid. His dad, he says is a good wiffle ball player. So he would help him get ready in the backyard and play when he was younger. And, uh, yeah, one of those kids who's just 20 years old, Super speedy center fielder who could be a gold glove caliber outfielder. uh, Talking to his head coach, to his manager rather, at high A South Bend, he told me he's a walking triple. So the kid has speed. The kid still needs to work on a little bit of his uh, approach of the play, but at 20 years old, that's kind of what you uh, expect from a guy at that age uh, coming straight out of high school. And uh, Harvard Westlake, which has produced lots of prime big league prospects that uh, have Going on to playing all-star games like Lucas Giolito and Max Fried and Jack Flaherty. So um, the pedigree is there and he's, he's a good kid talking to him. He uh, was, was smart. He, you know, was thoughtful as well. And he's, he's just focused on baseball, man. It's just like, that's all they get the kid eats and, and sleeps and drinks. And, you know, to already make the ascension from Myrtle beach to South bend this year, hopefully uh double-A is not too far behind.
0: I got to tell you, my favorite event out of all of it, I'm, I you know, I don't know, the The Home Run Derby to me absolutely gets me all pumped up. I love the Home Run Derby, but I got to ask, right? So the Cubs didn't have a representative there, but we all know that Kyle Schwarber is forever a Cub. So you had Chicago, I was down at Murphy's on Monday night watching and I'm rooting in it and I'm, you know, Schwarber's number one seed and Pujols is, is the bottom seed. I, I got to ask you, You really do you think that he legitimately lost to Pools, or was there a little bit of deferential treatment for the living legend Albert Pujols? Because I, 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 I've i seen questions about the counting of the home runs. I've seen all sorts of things. This this just kind of is funky to me. I don't know, Josh. We were there. What did you see?
1: I like the conspiracy theory, man. Uh, no, I don't think that uh, by any means Schwarber was um, loafing it or trying to give Pujols a chance to – um, you know, go out a champion in his swan song. It was cool that Albert was in it, 42 years old. That was one of the themes of the weekend here. Everybody, you know, talking about Alberts, their experiences with him, honoring him uh, for what will be his his last time um, in a Major League All Star game. He was a commissioner's exemption pick. Obviously, would not have just made it on merit at 42 years old. It's basically a basically a pinch hitter at this point in his career. Uh, but one of the game's all time greats. Uh, you know, Schwarber. You know, I got to talk to him earlier on Monday and you know, look, he, he hadn't been in this event in years and he lost in the championship to Bryce Harper. So he wanted to come back and do this and he wanted to win it all. And he is uh, having an incredible season, leads the National League in home runs. So I don't think he was looking to be like, you know what, I'm going to tank so Elverpools can get a chance to move on to face, uh, what was it, Soto in the second round? So yeah. no, I, I, don't think, uh, I don't think that was it. But um, <laughs> I was surprised at the outcome for sure.
0: Because I, I was so mad. We were talking on the last episode in 2018 how Bryce Harper ripped him off by not following the rules. And then that's, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that because he kept telling his dad, throw it before the ball lands. Right and, I'm, right. and I'm saying this seriously, because MLB has gotten into the gambling business. Let's be honest about it. And obviously this game is about fun and exhibition, but if people are laying money, I'm not a gambler, Josh, I, I I'm not good at it. So I don't do it, but I'm but not like, good
1: at it, but I, I am a gambler.
0: <laughs> but imagine if you put money on say the home run Derby and say, like that 2018 situation where, I mean, would you have to enforce the rules more closer? Have you Did it look any different? I mean, you had never been to one before. I just didn't know, like, you know what I mean? Because, like, normally it was just for fun. Like, okay, Bryce Harper wins because it's Washington and he's the hometown guy. But, like, they're going to have to kind of tighten that up with gambling involved now, right?
1: Yeah, that's a good point about the gambling and stuff like that because you're right, you know, you can skirt the rules a little bit. And there were clearly violations when it comes to all rights, you know, they have to – technically, I believe the rule is still when the ball lands, so it's a home run, it's got to land before the next pitch. And I'm in the left field seats, you know, that's where the auxiliary press box is. So we get a pretty good view um, from up there when a guy launches one and they wait like two seconds and then he's throwing one before the ball even lands. So clearly everybody is doing that. But there were a few times where you saw where the clock would expire, then they would throw the ball, then he would hit a home run, and they would count it. I think because it's all fun and exhibition. But, but you're right, when we do start talking about the money involved – and there's a big prize for the winner of the event. So it's not just the gamblers too. So maybe they do need to be a little stricter with the rules going forward.
0: Now, when you watch the home run derby, which was the most impressive home run that you saw or, or I you know, where were you were just going like, Oh my God, this guy's amazing.
1: It was Julio. Julio was so, he was really becoming a fan favorite, which, you know, there wasn't a Dodger in the crowd. Corey Seager was the former Dodger who uh, got the last invitation, I would have liked to maybe seen even Mookie or Freddie Freeman, a Dodger that's actually on the roster, be a part of the the events. Um, but there were still several big names, and Julio Rodriguez, being twenty one years old, lighting it up with thirty plus home run rounds, he was the guy that everyone was rooting for and was cheering for the hardest. And um, you know Soto, with all the drama that had come into the week, where the reports came out, he did not want to sign that fifteen year, four hundred and forty million dollar contract extension. All of a sudden the nationals are reportedly going to be offering or listening to trades with maybe one of the best five players in baseball. So that was interesting for him to go out and block out the noise and win the derby. But yeah, Julio was probably the most fun to watch. And I think just his stroke, his, his uh, you know, just enthusiasm for the game and being one of those young rookies that you can see growing the game in the next five to 10 years.
0: There's a couple of big stories involving local Cubs players uh, obviously the Contreras brothers, you know, that's the first time since the Alomar brothers, I believe that you had brothers in the starting lineup. You had uh, Wilson catching and William was the DH. How fun was that for their family? And did you get to kind of talk to uh, Wilson at all during his time there?
1: I did. We talked to both brothers, uh, Wilson and William uh, several times. And um, you know, I don't think Wilson stopped smiling the entire week in LA. Honestly, he was I think the happiest I've seen him as a Cub just because this was all about family. If you remember his backstory, you know, he grew up in Venezuela. He gets signed by the Cubs when he's 16. His brother's six years younger. So he leaves basically for a professional career when his little brother's 10. And they, you know, aren't together at all. His family's not in the U.S. until this year. And now his brother's in the majors, 24 years old, makes an all-star team. is really kind of a part-time player with the Braves. And they're back to back in the batting order, which I mean, any one of those things is incredible, but to put them all together is, is really an, an unbelievable story. And a, cre- a credit to the Contreras family, to their parents who were there, they got to experience this with them. Um, when I you know, was at the red carpet events, it was all them walking together. So the brothers, the parents, William and Olga, um, spouses, siblings, beyond uh, just William and Wilson. So that was really cool. And yeah, Wilson, you know, we asked him like, did you take him? I asked him last night. Did you take a moment to really let this all sink in? He said, "Yeah." After the first inning, I kind of took a moment to myself and looked around. You know, and because he came up to bat last in the first inning, struck out, and Wilson was, or excuse me, William was basically on deck when he was at the plate. Which you know, you're thinking about that, and you're like, "Man, that's amazing." They and I asked him if they ever played baseball on the same team together. He's like, "No." You know, we would play like when we we're really young together, but nothing organized, and so for this to happen in an all-star game and for this to be something positive when the Cubs have had a tough season and when Wilson has been at the forefront of all these trade rumors and he was great about answering those questions too. And, you know, he did say to us that he has this feeling he doesn't feel like he's going to um, not, I should phrase it this way. He told us he believes he'll be in a Cubs uniform at an all-star game again. So whether that means he gets traded and might sign back or or whatever, he said he hasn't had those conversations yet, but um, in his gut, he feels like he's not done being a Cub. So for him to deal with all of the outside noise and to have a good time with his brother and his family here, it was really, really cool to see.
0: Yeah. I think, I think, you know, like you said, being able, being with his family and he said that, you know, that would be more to the world series and both brothers got a world series ring, but I remember those comments and I'm like, you know, you giving the backstory about how apart they were and separated because of, you know of everything—it's just remarkable. But yeah, you know, when I heard that comment from Wilson, there's just so many people that just wonder why this, why it's so difficult to want them. You know, whether it was the an extension or something prior to this season, or even the talks. Wilson said he's been open to you know some guys say after spring training I'm done talking. He's always said had a willingness to want to work out a deal with the Cubs. And it just doesn't seem like it's reciprocal.
1: Well, I mean, it's not just him, right? We've seen that the last now two years with guys who are unable to reach extensions. Um, And we've heard different sides of that story, whether it's Jed Hoyer saying the money was there and they didn't want to do it or Anthony Rizzo or Chris Bryan's and Javi Baez being like, "Mm, we weren't offered what we, what we wanted. And of course, Rizzo, if I think the report, initially was like five for 85 last year and he signs a much lower deal to go and stay in new york where admittedly he's having a, a really nice year taking advantage of that short porch in right field as a left-handed <laughs> hitter at yankee stadium and also playing for a team that is probably gonna win the world series um or at least has the best chance right now so yeah you know i i, I talked to Ian and hap about that too this week because you know hap's another name that you hear i think it's un it's less likely he gets traded here. He's still got another year left on his contract, but you know, he's finally reaching his potential. And I, you know, I asked him, like, you're seeing some of your old teammates here, like Schwarber and Jock Peterson was here, Wilson's going through it. Like, what have they told you about this? You know, and he's like, Listen, it's like kind of getting traded from Facebook to Twitter. You know, you gotta just completely pack up your life. You gotta potentially go from a different area of the country, like if you were in New York, going to LA potentially, and for him being in the middle of the country, if he gets traded wherever, it's still still a lot on him and his, his fiance, his family. And that's the part I don't think we talk enough about when it comes to these athletes, just like, Oh, they're traded. You know, we just, we view it from like a fantasy baseball lens where it's just like, Oh, you know, we're treating these players like property almost. And really it's that they're humans and they're going through this as human beings too. Um, But he did say, look, all the guys that got traded, they're happy with where they're at. They got their money. They're, you know, for the most part, performing well, except Javi. Javi's really struggling with Detroit, and Chris is doing better now that he's off the IL in Colorado. Um, but you know, he said, look, we all get to still play, play baseball at the end of the day, and as much as I would love to be a Cub, it hasn't happened with some of the guys in the past, so we'll see how it plays. Well, that
0: was, not, that was another great story, though, is Ian Happ, how you know you go from last year being one of the worst hitters and being uh, given a part-time role, losing his full-time role, to having one of his best seasons. Uh, the story of David Ross telling him and him getting so emotional, that really was an amazing story. And I, I bet he just had the best time out there.
1: Another part of the human element, right? When he's breaking down and crying almost a year to the date that David Ross brings him into the office and says, Hey, I'm going to basically have to bench it kid. Cause you're hitting under the Mendoza line and we just can't do anything um, with you on the field right now until you kind of figure it out. And so the ups and downs, the Ian, in-hap has, gone through, you know, it reminded me a little bit of another first-round pick that hasn't had that trajectory we thought would, which is Albert Almora, right? I mean, he's one of the first first-round picks of the Theo Epstein regime, and he's on the 2016 team. You know, he's he's the pinch runner. He scores the, at the time, go-ahead run in the World Series, and he is a great defensive player, and then it just never really clicked for him him um, offensively and he had that scary moment a couple years ago in Houston where he had he a foul ball and it hit a little girl and it, you know I've heard from some people that that might have really messed him up uh, mentally too but you know now he's with he's Cincinnati right he was with the Mets so it just hasn't really panned out for Alberts the way that a first round top 10 talent most likely is headed towards, and Ian, another top 10 pick, you were probably looking at maybe the, a similar trajectory where it was going to be up and down, had some moments, but never really reached his potential, especially last year at the time when you know he, like I said, was really struggling, but since about now, last year, so say the last 160 games of uh, you know, 70 this year, 60 um, last year, he's about a 130 weighted runs created plus, 270 hitter, 25 home runs. He's a really good major league ball player and obviously evident by him making the all-star team and you know i asked him in the, the locker room last night i was like so your your base percentage is a uh, 1000 the all-star game and he's like yeah you know pretty good i was happy about the walk but just happy to be you know just, he was just happy to play happy to get it not bad happy to play in center field for a few innings as well and uh, again another guy who was just smiling and just enjoying the experience
0: yeah i'm sitting there looking and there's kyle Schwarber in left and there's ian in center and, and there were i think uh Schwarber was batting in front of Ian. it was just weird and, and you mentioned that red carpet I, explain that whole process to me they just is it is it before the all-star game they just kind of come out and they're just all dressed up and how does that all work
1: yeah so they've done it a couple years now Um, it makes most sense to have it here in Hollywood right like if they're going to do a red carpet but it's it's a show that is on MLB Network and basically it was at 11 a.m. Pacific time here, so six hours before the game in downtown L.A., right by the state. If you've been to L.A., there's the downtown area, there's the Staples, I guess, Crypto.com Arena, and then there's a bunch of the hotels, and there's this big plaza. So that's where they had the draft too. So they have literally a red carpet show, and the players dress up to the nines. They are in, like, really awesome suits or sometimes Jack Peterson wearing shorts or guys wearing no undershirt at all and just an open, an open jacket. So the fashion uh, is really interesting to see, but they're with their spouses or their girlfriends or their families. Like I mentioned, the Contreras brothers were there together down the red carpet with their families and their parents. So that was really cool for them. Uh, Ian was with his fiance. uh, Schwarber was with his uh, young child and his wife as well. So um, that was really fun for them. And it's just it's another little cute thing they get to experience. There's fans that are there as well. And they're stopping to sign autographs. I talked to, talked to Liam Hendricks, the White Sox closer, who uh, was with his wife, Christy, and asked him, was like, you know, I saw you stopping basically at every fan that I was asking you for their autograph or for a picture. And he's like, yeah, man, you know, I don't know the next time I'm going to be here. Uh, this, is, this is why we're doing it for the fans. Um, and hopefully most ballplayers realize that. So that was fun. And also you get to see Kate Upton because Justin Berlander was there. So she <laughs> literally is a runway model and uh, knows how to do that pretty well. So that was pretty cool.
0: Well, Josh, thank you for your time. I appreciate you coming out here. I am hoping that I get to see you interviewing people on the Wrigley Field sometime in the next few years. I've been waiting for so long now, but uh, I appreciate you coming on. Where can people follow you to find all your good work and pictures?
1: I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Um, they can uh, follow me on Twitter at Josh Instagram is just Josh Friedman, F-R-Y-D-M-A-N. And then uh, we host the nightly GN Sports Show at 10 30 on WGN. So that's at GN sports TV. So you can join myself, Jared Payton. We got Caitlin Sharkey on board. Now we have Chris Bowden. So we got a great sports team. They allow me to do things like travel to LA for all-star game coverage. So um, hopefully you you can tune in and and, uh, get a chance to see a nightly Chicago based sports show. And we cover the Cubs, we cover all the teams and uh, hopefully you get a chance to enjoy it.
0: Sounds good, Josh. Thanks again for coming on.
1: All right, I appreciate it, buddy.